Welcome everyone, this is the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. Go to breadoflifeboise.org to learn about both ministries and to gain access to archives of this radio program. Also there you'll find an archive of full-length sermons. In Psalm 73, the psalmist is corrected in his jealousy of the seemingly successful and yet godless person. He goes to the temple where endless sacrifices are made, and in them he sees the coming justice for that individual. He sees the foolishness of his own jealousy, and he sees the tenaciousness of God's love for him. And so he confesses and praises God in the midst of his own trials. We can't go to the temple sacrifices. We go to the cross. And we see these same things only clearer now than ever before. Number one, we go to the cross because this is a portrait of sin in all of its serious implications. Sin calls for death, eternal death, and here is the eternal one suffering for us. Sin demands a sacrifice of life, eternal life, and here is the eternal life laying down his life for us. Should you for a moment be permitted, and if God were to enable you, to peel back the floorboards and look down into the pit of hell at this very moment so that you could catch the sights and the sighs and the groans and the agonies of the damned in that place, you will not have a greater representation there of the awful accounting that God requires for sin and for a person's sin than to look at the cross where God's sweet Son, the sinless Savior, the Lamb of God, suffered and bled and died for us. There on the cross is a portrait of where sin takes all people. If they ignore the cross, if they refuse to come to the entrance of this temple, you might say, and claim the sacrifice, there would be nothing left for them than to require their sins and the sacrifice of their own eternal souls at the hand of God. Hebrews 10 verses 26 and 27 puts it this way. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth... There is no longer a sacrifice remaining for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. The cross of Jesus Christ, the image of Christ suffering on the cross, is God's statement about the ruthless nature of sin and also God's declaration of his commitment to an exacting judgment against it. It's what the world is facing. Look at it, understand it, grab it, bring it to your minds. Here is the eternal Son of God suffering in agony for the sin that the world has committed, but in it he is declaring what the world owes to God for their sin. They're not getting away with it. They're not going to their beds with impunity, their deathbeds with impunity. Go back to that cross again. Here is not simply God's statement against the sin of the world alone, but here is God's statement against your own sins. Here in the marred figure of a deformed man, beaten and battered and stripped of skin and flesh, flayed and sacrificed, is God's accounting of the consequence of your own sin. You could hardly let your eyes rest upon this bleeding pulp that once was the gentle, harmless Savior Jesus, who invited little children to crawl up upon his lap to bless them, 
who touched the eyes of the blind to heal them, who extended grace to touch those untouchable lepers to cleanse them, who spoke words of healing and grace, who opened the ears of the deaf to hear his voice and the tongues of the dumb to sing his gentle praises, who fed the multitudes and relieved people of the fever of life. Here is this perfect sinless one, a bloody mass before you, and this is a picture of the penalty of your own rebellion and your own desire to depart from God's will to live for your own pleasure and your own lees and your own comfort. Jesus is dying in your place, and if you look close, it could be, it should be you. If you look at that marred face, if you look close, it's your face. He's suffering in your place. We sing the song, O sacred head now wounded, with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns thine only crown, how pale thou art with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn. How dost that visage languish which once was bright as morn. What thou, my Lord, hast suffered was all for sinner's gain. Mine, mine was the transgression, but thine the deadly pain. You stand there for a moment. This is not simply a commentary on the wretchedness of men's sin and God's accounting of man and the sins of all mankind, but this is an accounting of your sin. You deserve this. This was to be your punishment. This is your sin playing out on the body and in the soul of our Savior. And as he was suffering all these things, you were formulating your mind something like this. You were envying those who took all of it so lightly and seemed to be getting away with it and having ease in life. And you were thinking, God is not just. And living for him in this moment is not worth it. My heart was grieved. I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Stay at the cross here for a moment. You take all that in. You don't flinch from it. You don't turn away from it. You look yourself in the face in the suffering of the Savior. You look at God's awful just accounting for the sins of the world and the suffering of the Savior. But you stay at the cross. You remain there and now... By faith, stretch out your hand and rest it upon his head. You thought to deny him in a moment for some pleasure, or for some comfort, or for some ease, or because the distress of your life in that day just seems too much for you to bear. You thought to deny him, but there is a nevertheless for those who come to the cross. You lean in with all your weight pressing in upon the Lord Jesus by faith, knowing that He is taking your place, that you may stay and remain here before a holy God, forgiven and utterly received and embraced in His love. The Christian life is always lived with an ongoing nevertheless being declared before us. We don't always get, we never get what we deserve. We have found a place of acceptance and standing with God at the foot of the cross. Our lives are lived constantly with our hands extended upon the head of our Savior who has suffered and died for us. 
He takes what we deserve and gives us in its place eternal life and everlasting glory that He alone has earned. All those doubts and concerns that life doesn't seem just happen when we ignore the most central moment in all of human history, the moment when Jesus, God's sinless Son, went on the cross and poured out His life and sacrifice and suffering for the justice that our sins deserved. Suffering so that that justice could be answered and His love could freely flow to us. This suffering of our Savior will not be slighted. A person rejects it, turns away from it, and justice remains to fall on him. But it hasn't fallen on me because my hand has reached out and by faith I've laid it on the head of my Savior Jesus who suffered it in my place. I was such a fool and such a brute and I doubted him ongoingly throughout my life. I won't say it, but I'll put my hand on him instead. In spite of myself and my sin and my fallenness and my brokenness and my doubt and my discouragement, though at times I forget the message of the cross, I am with him. He has left me before him. He has not let me go. Not since the day I placed my hand in faith upon the head of my Savior and said, let him die in my place. Not since that day. Can you share that testimony? Can you say, I was a brute before you, God, but oh, nevertheless, you've never left me. I've always been with you. You're going to receive me to glory one day. Can I ask you something? In recent days, what has been your protest before God? What's the hard thing that he seems to be asking you to do that doesn't seem fair and doesn't seem to be paying off? What is your complaint against God when you build up a case for doing things that you want to do in your own way and according to your own will? I just want to live and let live. Are you thinking, I just want a comfortable, easy life? What's your temptation? Maybe you've said, I'm not going to say that. And so you've halted that moment of failure, but... You're not exactly where you need to be because you need to get all the way back to praise. But then let me ask you something. Have you been to the cross? Have you come into the sanctuary of God where His sacrifice for sin has been made? And where is your hand? Is it on, by faith, the head of the suffering Savior? If not... If you never have before, would you place it there right now? I've been trying to sort this out on my own and work it out by my own terms. I've been trying to give you a few things so I don't have to give you everything. But now I press in with all that I am, body, soul, mind, spirit. I press in with all my being, knowing my sin and my lack of righteousness. I press in upon the head of this Savior. Let him die in my place. It's enough. It's all the payment required. Lord Jesus, we come before this table, a celebration of that great statement of faith that you have offered us to make. An invitation to feast upon the Lamb of Sacrifice who died in our place. To take in the place of all the sin that he suffered for, all of the fullness and all the benefit of his life.
and know that everything that we have in standing before you comes from him alone. This is the simple faith of the Christian. I will hold you. I will cling to you. I will claim you alone. How you in that moment remove words like try. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to prove myself worthy. Oh God, you obliterate it in a word. The word try just gives us a little room for us to wiggle so that we can fail and do our own thing. Instead, it's a life of absolute and complete and utter trust. Our hands are upon the Lamb. Doubt, dismayed, falling, faltering, we see again our hand is there. You're everything. Your provision is everything. Lord Jesus, I pray for that individual who might come in the hearing of this message today or in days to come. That right now, by faith, they would confess their deep need and their sin and they would see it. They'd not only, maybe they recognize what a wretched world they live in, but now they see before the cross how wretched they are. And how wretched they've been not to give you everything. And there before the Savior, I pray right now that I might reach out in faith and lay their hand upon him. And she say, right now these words, I confess my sin and from now on, Jesus, you will be my all. You will be my salvation. You will be my righteousness. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.